Welcome. I'm Lee Stabert, Editor-in-Chief of Keystone Edge, and this is Key Change. This year has been full of unexpected challenges, both here in PA and across the globe. We're using this new podcast series to talk about how the state's businesses, leaders, and creatives have adapted, finding new ways to connect with their customers and their communities. We're also using these conversations as a way to archive this historic time and look forward to 2021. First up, we have Derek Menaldino, co-owner of Monotony Stillworks. Keystone Edge profiled this craft distillery in June 2019, writing about their production facility in Pottstown, their taproom in South Philadelphia, and their careful approach to whiskey. Now let's hear about what happened next. My name is Derek Menaldino. I'm from Manitani Stillworks. We are a craft distillery located out in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, and we make vodka, gin, rum, and whiskey. Whiskey is our flagship. Uh, we've been in business since 2014, and 2020 has been our craziest year so far, as I'm sure everyone can imagine. Can you tell me sort of where you guys were as a business in first quarter 2020? Sure. So uh, things were continuing from 2019. We have a couple tasting rooms that were all operating. Uh, one's out in Pottstown. One is in Philadelphia on East Passyunk. We were also uh, selling bottles out of a kiosk that we had uh, basically at One Penn Center, uh, which is Suburban Station in Philadelphia, and then Reading Terminal. Um, so we were operating, people were coming into the tasting rooms, everything was great. We were selling uh, the products to a lot of bars and restaurants in town and across the state. And uh, yeah, basically we were going through the process at the time of uh, working on our branding and a new website. Um, so, you know, we were operating as usual, uh, had some initiatives going for the year, wanted to take advantage of the new branding and look for some new spaces to potentially open up um but you know come february and then into march we were shocked like everybody else is there a moment that you remember when you really realized that covid19 was going to be a thing (laughs) a big yeah so right personally it was in january uh i saw in the financial markets that things were getting shut down in china and thought wow you know, you shut down a city of 10 million people, that's crazy. This is going to affect our business potentially from the supply side Um, because we have a lot of producers and people that we buy stuff from who through their supply chains get stuff from China. So we thought, wow, uh, you know, we might get affected, have no idea how. Um, But it wasn't until February when we saw things kind of pop up in Europe where the idea came that, hmm, you know, this uh, virus could potentially come here. Uh, and then we had a group call at the beginning of March uh, when the first cases were being talked about and we thought this thing could really. So tell me about March for you guys, because I know that for a while the um, PLCB Fine Wine and Good Spirits stores were closed. So I've actually heard from some distillers that it was a very busy time for them. Yeah, it was really an incredible situation for us because uh, our tasting rooms were closed. All businesses were effectively closed except for essential businesses. And Uh, distilleries were on that list of essential businesses. So uh, we were able to operate in the sense that we could sell our bottles. Um, And as you you said, the PA wine and spirit stores uh, were closed at the time. And so that was into April. Basically, consumers really didn't have anywhere to go if they wanted to get the 
products that we have, the you know whiskey, vodka, rum, gin, etc. Um, so we had a huge uh, pivot in our business model in terms of going from all in-person sales where people would you know literally come into the tasting rooms to buy products to an e-commerce model where people would go online and they would buy our products and then we would either ship them uh, or they could do a pickup where they would just come stand outside uh, and they'd be able to get their product so that was a really interesting uh, situation for us because it was able you know it allowed us to continue to you know, A, make sales to consumers, and then B, continue to operate the distillery out in Pottstown. Yeah. Do you remember feeling afraid at all? I think the the number one problem was the, the lack of information on uncertainty. So we had no idea how this thing really could spread. Uh, everybody was concerned for, you know, personal safety, uh, trying to take all the precautions that we could. Could, could it be something that was on the surfaces of the bottles, right? Yeah. So, you know, not just transmitted in the air. So that was a concern. We took a ton of safety measures to try and mitigate that risk. What was the summer like for you guys as things sort of reopened, but in this limited way? Yeah, so unfortunately for us, we weren't really able to open up the tasting rooms uh, because they're, you know, like all bars and restaurants, they're basically shut because you don't want consumers in there. We opened up outside, which was great. Uh, there were some changes to the regulations in Philadelphia where we were able to use our outdoor space to have seating there. Our tasting room out in Pottstown has outdoor seating. So that was good. We had some consumers come back. Uh, but the big game changer, I would say, especially in Philadelphia, was the ability to do cocktails to go. Uh, which we've never been able to do before. And we were basically taking a lot of the recipes that we had and then we were putting them in bottles to go or cups to go. And that was huge, especially on East Passyunk. Um, you have a huge population all around the tasting room and they would come in and to this day they still do. They get lots of cocktails to go. So uh, that's been a, a real blessing to be able to not necessarily have the same amount of consumers coming in and sitting down because uh, of the regulations, but having almost the same amount of sales because people come in, they support the distillery, they get a bottle, and then they get some cocktails to go. Do you think there are any ways in which consumers have sort of been retrained throughout this whole process? Like you talked about e-commerce, maybe someone who never would have ordered alcohol online before, all of a sudden maybe they'll it'll be something they do going forward. Certainly. I've heard it from a lot of people in craft spirits. The e-commerce game didn't exist before. Uh, and and what people would buy on your website was uh, not really the, the spirits themselves, but the merchandise for your distillery. Uh, so people would go look online for a gift or something like that or some swag, and then they would order that. Um, now, all of the sales are the spirits. And Consumers have the option to go to the wine and spirit stores, and yet they're still coming to us. And so I think one of the interesting, unique things is that we made a lot of connections with consumers, and they know our stable of products, the vodka, gin, rum, uh, whiskey. But we also put out uh, special releases every couple months. So, for instance, we did a young-aged whiskey in mezcal barrels called Scorpiones that we launched a month ago, and that sold out very quickly because all of the people that follow us on social media and who are now in our email list saw that as a new product. They would have never seen it before, um, 
if they were just coming into the tasting rooms, the, the it's some, not something everybody does frequently. So being able to go on the website, see something like that has kind of changed our product mix and our sales channels. So before, you know, you would literally have to come to the tasting room. It's not something you get at the wine and spirit store. You can't really get it at bars and restaurants. You have to come direct to us. And now because we have that good connection, uh, more consumers are taking advantage of these cool, unique, niche little products that we're putting out. Yeah. And I've heard a rumor that Americans are drinking a lot right now. <laughs> I would imagine so. I, you know, yeah. personally, my alcohol consumption has gone up. I feel like that's the same for lots of friends and family. Uh, you know, and hopefully it's for all the right reasons. And there's a little bit of, you know, de-stressing in there, I guess, uh, if you will. But yeah, you know, our sales have gone up substantially uh, in some of the channels. And a lot of that has to do with people being at home. Um, they're not going out to the bar and restaurant as much. So 2021, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? What do you think it looks like for Monotony Still Works? Yeah, so I I, I would hope that, uh, you know, from a public health perspective, the pandemic comes under control to some degree uh, and or consumers are, are much more vigilant in the way they, they shop and go out and we're able to serve more customers uh, or there's a vaccine or, you know, maybe this thing just kind of fizzles out to some degree. I have no idea, um, but we're looking forward to normalcy in that sense. And really the big one for us will be when our fellow bar and restaurants uh, are really able to open up and we're able to go sell more spirits to them and then they can you know, bring our story to consumers. Once there's a lot more comfortability with going out, this is going to be something um, that people are going to want to do. You know, there's so much pent up, uh, quote, demand and desire to get out there. I'm I'm assuming and hoping that 2021 is going to be a big year for people going out and looking to find cool stories and reconnect um, with companies or brands or friends or family uh, or all of the above. I certainly hope so. Any last thoughts on sort of this year or even in your business as a whole and, and what you guys have learned? Yeah, communications is key. So internally, keeping on top of everything that's going on and all the changing regulations that we need to follow. Uh, you know, we use some business applications like Slack and those, if you see the, the usage statistics, those have just gone through the roof. And then the way we communicate to consumers, uh, you know, using th things like MailChimp or Square or social media, um, it's just become such an integral part of the business. Before it was all marketing. Um, now a lot of it is just conveying relevant information, right? So I foresee that uh, being an increasingly more important part of the business next year and, and beyond. Thank you so much for chatting with me. And um, I have, I actually have some of your whiskey downstairs. So maybe I'll have <laughs> some of that tonight. Great. I'm glad I got to come and uh, be on and chat with you. And I will go uh, drink a whiskey as well on Manitani. So that's it for our first episode of Key Change. Keep your eye out for another episode next month. And make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter by visiting keystoneedge.com. Bye, everybody.